Hey, this is Fred Greenhalge, founder and host alumnus of Radio Drum Revival. You're about to hear one of our vintage episodes, meaning it's at least five years old. And while there are some real gems in our archives, there are some also uh, cobwebs like old ads and whatnot. So bear that in mind. And to keep up the current show with host Elena Fernandez-Collins, supported by our intrepid team, always on the hunt for more great audio fiction, check out our main feed, Radio Drum Revival, wherever you get your podcasts or visit radiodramarevival.com. Of course, also follow us on Twitter at Radio Drama. Enjoy. And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, Portland, Maine. It's just about 1 o'clock, and a quick look at your weather. Uh, it looks like partly sunny today, uh, highs only in the lower 20s, and then snowy this evening. Uh, chance of snow, 80%, and then about an inch of snow uh, likely, and then a chance of rain tomorrow morning, snow in the morning, uh, turning to rain, clearing up highs in the mid-30s, uh, chance of snow showers overnight, cloudy and witty for the weekend. And this is... Uh, Radio Drama Revival, and today I've got uh, Philip Hobby in the studio with me. He's a voice actor. Uh, my name is Fred, and this is a story uh, st- station all about radio drama, uh, audio fiction, audio stories, whatever you want to call it. It's about uh, fiction stories for the ear. And uh, today I'm actually going to be uh, releasing a production of my own called Drizzle. And uh, Philip, you're a voice actor in Drizzle. What do you think? Oh, it was just, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I think it's interesting because I've done a lot of... Uh, well, some theater, you know, on the stage and everything, but it's different definitely when you get into a studio and, and you're required to get a whole character out in just your voice um, instead of, you know, having the aid of costumes and everything. You kind of have to get everything out in in the uh, the sound of your own voice and everything. So, cool. Well, without further ado, let's play Drizzle. Final Rune Productions presents Drizzle by Frederick Greenhalgh. That morning, it rained. It rained as it seemed to have rained on him for as long as he could remember. It was an ugly, bitter, pissing rain that never showed signs of stopping. The last time he'd seen the sun was on a vacation two years ago, which ended early when his mother called him from the hospital. On this morning, a very miserable morning at the end of a miserable week, coming at the latest moment of a life which had to this moment seemed nothing except, well, miserable, the rain was not going to stop. Yet, in the life of this man, something was about to change. Oh, but you got to call in to win. Hey, did you know that Americans are 33% fatter now than they were just two years ago? It's another sign of our country's demise here, people. This morning I saw a 300-pound woman coming out of McDonald's lugging two bags of Whoppers or something. No one could possibly eat that much food, though i got to give her credit for walking into the store. Actually, I've been thinking, whenever someone 200 pounds or more gets a Whopper, there should be a random chance they'll be selected to run around the Burger King. We can even broadcast it live. Fat-ass races, people. Your next spectator sport. <sighs> He hadn't been living this life forever. In fact, he'd hardly been living this life for a long time. The whole universe was new to this kind of life. Yet, this was the only universe he knew. A universe where he woke up every morning at 6 o'clock and leaned against the wall of the shower, letting the water hit him until he mustered the willpower to start his day. It would begin like this. He would randomly select a set of clothes, go downstairs and pour a go-mug of a lousy coffee from the automatic brewmaster, He would get into his car and then begin the decathlon that soured his attitude more than any other part of the entire routine. Traffic. Say, 
doing? We're going to be getting the land to the top of the hour with another Zepsad. Hey, did you hear this one? They've changed the rules on the plane again. All dildos must now be in checked baggage. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. All personal electronic devices for adult pleasure. <laughs> Too many people spending the whole flight in the porta potty, I guess. Well, you got to find some way to keep yourself entertained on those cross country flights. Okay, <laughs> back to the music. Here's an old favorite Stairway to Heaven. All the goddamn songs to play. From his perspective, any place other than his was better. The people to his left were moving steadily, the people to his right made great progress, and the people who had decided to just drive in the breakdown lane were the sparse of all. That's what I said at Grand River Auto this weekend, and this weekend only get deals like you never imagined. Half off cars, oh, half off trucks sakes. with no money down. That's what I said, no money down, or 10% cash back this weekend, and this weekend only on all cars, trucks, and SUVs. You want to pay more, you go to the other guys. We've got the lowest priced cars at running. It was over as quickly as it happened. The car in front of him braked suddenly, and the car behind rear-ended him. His coffee flew from the cup holder and into the dashboard, where it splattered across the entire car. His seatbelt held him taut, but the coffee burned his leg. He sat there as the coffee cooled, wondering what the hell to do. He took the insurance card out of the glove box, combed his fingers through his hair, and got out of the car. His whole back bumper would need to be replaced. The other car, a large GM from the mid-90s, had little more than a smashed headlight. He walked up to the tinted driver's side window and knocked on it. Hey! Hey! Hey, you! Hey! That guy! As far as he could see, the car was long gone, and the cruiser was only headed for the nearest exit. Unsure what to do, and suddenly numb, he plodded back to his car. There, he saw something inexplicable. A fallen decal with the words, City Laundry and a phone number. Get out of the road! He couldn't avoid staring at the unfamiliar man in the elevator's mirror as he rode the 21 floors to his office. The dark blue bags beneath his eyes were familiar enough, but now with it were three days' growth of beard and soaked wet hair that dripped like a dog's. No one greeted him at the door. They'd fired the secretary last summer. He took the chair at his cubicle and began his day as if nothing had happened. Hey, look who decided to come in. How was it an accident? Been in a lot of them this week, huh? How's the Freelander deal coming? I'm still working on it. Really? Well, I had two calls and an email from Mr. Friedlander yesterday, wondering if he was going to hear from you again. I'm still looking into the zoning. Yeah, why don't you look into that before the end of the day, before it's not worth coming in tomorrow? Of course. Then get yourself another shirt, okay? Jesus. He stared at the computer screen as if it was a mass of hieroglyphics. He glanced down, irritated at a misplaced pencil, and saw a blinking red light on his phone. Yes, this is Mike Freelander again. I still haven't heard from you, and just wanted to know. 
Message erased. Next message. Next message. Hi, this is your mom. I was just calling to see if everything's all right. Uh, your home phone's been busy for several days now. Message erased. Next message. Sagittarius, be aware of random encounters today. Fate works through the hands of a stranger. Take a risk, even if you have gambled and lost before. To save this message, press 1 to erase it. Message saved. Next message. Freelander here. Look, if I don't hear from you soon... Message erased. End of new messages. First saved message. Sagittarius, be aware of random encounters today. Fate works through the hands of a stranger. Take a risk, even if you have... Oh, fine. I'm sorry, but the number you have entered is temporarily out of service. Please try your call at another time. He returned his gaze to his computer screen and opened a web browser. He could almost see through the screen to... to somewhere else. Somewhere behind the flickering glow. He typed City Laundry into the search box. There were many results. Mid-City Laundry, Big City Laundry, Laundry City. Three were called City Laundry. One was on the other side of the river, another on the far end of town, both inconvenient to reach using the parkway they'd been on. The City Laundry he felt himself drawn to was 21 blocks away, over in Chinatown, two stops down on the subway line. It was only an hour till noon, when he might disappear for a while unnoticed, but after ten minutes of fidgeting, he left anyway. It had never occurred to him how noisy the city really was, or how much those milling about in it pretended to ignore the cacophony. On this day especially, he noticed how the tempo was uneven, off-balance, as if everyone were trying to keep on the regular rhythm but the rain forced them off by a beat or two. Having no umbrella, he dashed between shop overhangs, barely noticing the products sold within. Cell phones, video cameras, sandwiches, newspapers. At last, he reached the steps down into the subway station. He headed through the station in a kind of daze, having hardly ridden the subway in the eight years he'd been coming to the city. His head started to pound him now, and he had nothing to answer it. He saw a Starbucks on the way to the platform and remembered that his morning's coffee had been obliterated across the stash. He bought a cup of dark roast from a girl in a black sweater with an eyebrow piercing. Then he walked to the appropriate place to wait, his eyes drifting to a diorama of a seductive woman sprawled out across a Van Gogh-esque backdrop. Spain, France, maybe... It was an ad for copy toner. Hey, mister, you got any change? Uh, I don't. I saw you in the Starbucks there. You leave it for the girl as a tip? No. I mean, I mean, yes, but uh, no, I don't. Come on, you all dressed up nice like that? I'm down here, don't even have any food. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're sorry, you're sorry. They're all sorry. Not sorry enough to give me a nickel. You know what I hate about people like you? Is that you'd just as soon step on me as help me out. Hell, you'd probably bill me the ten seconds you took to kick me. <laughs> That's not true. The hell it ain't. What do you do? Insurance? Banks? Investments? You're just robbing the people and get mad when the people rob back. This is my train. Of course it is. Of course it is. Have a wonderful day. He packed into the train with a hundred others coming in the early lunchtime rush. He pressed near the back and grabbed onto an overhead bar for support, his eyes locking one last time with the bum who reclined against the graffiti-stained wall with a glare of condemnation. He turned abruptly and saw the copy toner girl again, 
some hidden secret on her lips before the train kicked into motion and the moment was long behind them all. He'd never been to this neighborhood before. It was the same city, he supposed, though he realized the people he was seeing lived in one of those private universes that exist in cities, and that usually he and they would never intersect. Uncomfortable and confused, he stumbled a few blocks in a strange daze, unsure of where he was going, realizing that though he had looked at a map and written the address down, he hadn't internalized how to get there. The graphics on the internet map had been easy to digest, but the street itself was disconcerting. He didn't understand the language, for one, and no one was dressed in the business attire he was usually so comfortable in. There were open-air markets with dead birds hanging, their feet wrapped into wires, whole fish sitting dead on ice. There were restaurants, too. He understood those well enough, but most of them weren't open yet. Everyone who was like him had somewhere else to be. He stood there in the rain a moment, noticing that he was under a maze of scaffolding that reached to the sky. He wondered if standing underneath it was bad luck, like walking under a ladder. The rain dripped down the metal joints and into the gutter. He almost laughed when he looked across the street. There were large golden and red Chinese letters with the words City Laundry and a plain black and white sign underneath. It was his first time in a laundromat. Until very recently, he'd always had someone else to do his laundry. Staring over a room of anonymous faces, he realized that he had no clue what the driver looked like. He went to the white countertop that ran along the left side of the room. The signs read in Chinese first, English second. They charged $2.50 a pound for drop-off service. They didn't take checks. They didn't give change for parking meters. He was staring at a sign that read, We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, when a young man walked over. Yes? Hi. Do you do pickup service? Pardon me? Laundry. Do you pick it up or drop it off? Yes, sir. Look, we have a sign there. Uh, listen, you have a company car, huh? You drive it around? Ah, yes, sir, to pick up laundry. This morning? Where were you this morning? Huh? I have to, to ask you to leave, sir. I was in an accident this morning. With, with your car. You took off, didn't you? I don't know what you're talking about. No, you're lying to me. Look, sir, please just go. Where the hell's that car? Where's the driver? The face of the other man teetered between understanding and anger, but the businessman was furious. He stepped right around the countertop, unsure of what he was doing. He pushed through a door that read, staff only, and into another room altogether. You can't come in here. Get out. You can't hide from me. He trotted down this strange place, where pipes ran long up as far as he could see, and mildew grazed his nose. The air was damp, hot, and stale. He pushed forward to a metal door and pressed out. Stop! Stop at once! You are crazy! I'm calling the police! Shut up, would you? Shut up! The businessman stopped for a moment and saw red fury pour across the young man's face, a scar on his left cheekbone, the only white left in it. He turned to look at the strange place they had come to, an asphalt parking lot surrounded by barbed wire fences, tall brick buildings on both sides, and a car. Yes, a car in the center of the lot, but not a GM. It was a white van with a fresh white decal, just like the one he'd seen on the freeway. There were heaps of black garbage bags which another man was loading into a blue cart. The businessman looked with accusation at the man unloading, then back at the furious clerk before staring at the van in a kind of daze. The two men said something to one another in a language he couldn't understand before demanding something of the businessman, whose knees were suddenly weak in the drizzle. He opened his mouth to speak, but words were strange, indescribable, impossible for him at this moment on this strange day, 
staring as he was with accusation at a stranger who had no more an idea to the answer of the riddle than he. He lifted his eyes as the rain came down harder, looking up to, through, past, the vast gray clouds that enshrouded them all. And as the rain hit his cheeks and ran down his neck, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Drizzle was written, directed, and produced by Frederick Greenhalge. You heard John Coons as the narrator and the car dealer, Matt Little as the morning DJ, myself as the man, Donald Murphy as the jerk and Mr. Freelander, Philip Hobby as the boss and the bum, Megan Fletcher as the operator, and Tyen Vu as the laundromat clerk. Sound effects and music were provided by SoundDogs.com and recorded live. For more information on Final Rune Productions, visit the website, www.finalrune.com, F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com, and keep the drizzle out of your life. And you're listening to WMPG and Radio Drama Revival, and that was Drizzle, um, a story that I wrote and produced. And uh, one of the voice actors, uh, Philip Hobby, is here in the studio with me this afternoon. Uh, but before that, I uh, just wanted to uh, give you a couple of updates about the radio drama world. Now, if there's any confusion about what radio drama is or uh, audio fiction, audio theater, has about a dozen names. But uh, I like to use radio drama just because of the uh, legacy uh, associated with it, the 40s and 50s tradition uh, carried on with today's modern uh, production standards. Uh, there is a... Uh, new podcast out by the uh, Dakota Ring Theater uh, called The Trouble with Doubles. Now, they do a uh, very noirish um, series along the lines of what you used to hear uh, back in the olden days, a sort of a tribute to uh, the de- detective noir and The uh, Trouble with Doubles. Uh, should be a good listen to. You can go to their uh, website, Dakota Ring Theater, uh, spelled T-R-E, version of theater, and check it out. It's a little fun, not very serious, good thing to listen to. And uh, there's also a 2007 Friends of Old Time Radio script contest. That's by audiotheater.com, spelt the other way, uh, audiotheater.er. Um, and I guess they say they're looking for a half-hour program, a takeoff of classic soap operas complete with brain tumors, mistaken identity, broken romance, or whatever brings out the worst in the golden age of radio. Um, well, you can all have our opinions what the best and worst of the golden age of radio is, uh, but we are here at Radio Drama Revival trying to uh, keep that tradition going. And uh, it can't be done without the actors, and that's why today I'm happy to introduce you all to Philip Hobby. Philip, what's going on? Hi. Uh, what do you think about uh, hearing Drizzle again? I, this is the first time you heard the whole thing completed. Completely, yeah. Um, but it's it's really amazing when I, you know, you come into a studio and you just, uh, you know, say your part, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, you you become a character on uh, in a show. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I guess, something that must be a little bit strange. Um, you, you sort of get disconnected. Uh, for me, as a writer, you're going from this uh, very, very personal world. Then it's like you have to grab people. Um, you record, it goes into microphones, and we're still in this little studio, but, it, you know, it's exposed to the ether. And uh, it's it's really cool how quickly that all happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, and it's a different type of acting than... Um, uh, maybe I'm used to because I've done some on the theater. I've done you know a few Gilbert and Sullivans and things like that. But when you come in and you, you suddenly realize that everything you're doing is based, like I was saying earlier, you know everything is just based on your voice. Um, 
it, it you know you have to do different things in order to get across. That's cool. So you do have some other uh, previous uh, theater experience, obviously. Yeah, um, I I've done a little bit in the community, um, mm-hmm. you know, some musicals here and there, and uh, and actually, I was just in uh, a Freeport show, mm-hmm. which was trying to recapture um, the golden age of radio because mm-hmm. we were. It was as if we were broadcasting. I mean, we obviously weren't, but it was as if we were back in the 40s broadcasting an old show, which was uh, trying to revive sort of similar to what you're doing here. But, um, cool. Yeah, and uh, oh, incidentally, uh, for <laughs> actors, uh, what, uh, our audience, what was uh, your parts in that last uh, piece, Drizzle? In Drizzle, I was um, both the boss and the bum, kind of two <laughs> d- you know, separate. Opposite, yeah. yeah, but antagonistic roles. Um, cool. Uh, I don't know whether this means anything, but I found it easier to play the, the bum. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's a, yeah, it's everybody's interpretation. Uh, yeah. So what what drew you into? Uh, you know, you uh, came. I guess uh, how did you end up? Uh, you came when I did Day of the Dead, my first production right. last um, fall. But what what drew <coughs> you into radio acting in the first place? Well, I've I've loved radio for a long time. Um, I've I've had cassettes of the old. Mm-hmm. The old radio programs from the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and and like that. So um, it's always been such a fun medium for me. I I, I was always rather sad that it, it sort of died out, um, and I'm glad you know it's it's coming back. But um, I think it's a medium that has it's so different because I think you can exploit the the fact that you're actually not seeing what's going on um, to your advantage, um, and it provides for a lot more. I'm I'm thinking of things like uh, certainly a comedy program like the Jack mm-hmm. Benny program where the um, jokes actually rely on the fact that you're not seeing what's going on, where they say one thing and then you realize, oh, you know, they're yeah, here. Yeah, oh. play, plays on words and whatnot. Um, yeah. Cool. And, and uh, yeah, so what are some of the other uh, favorite pieces that you've heard, uh, things that inspired you? Um, well, certainly, you know, the old uh, the old comedians like Jack Benny, Fred Allen, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, some of the old dramas, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the detective things like you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, like The Falcon or Sam Spade and... Um, Carlton E. Morse dramas. I hope hope people maybe know him because mm-hmm. uh, if if you want to check out some good dramas, uh, he was probably one of the best writers back okay. in that era. Cool. Um, and currently, um, over in England on the BBC, there's certainly a lot that uh, of radio that's still alive. I think they still you know they still produce scripted shows and a lot of panel games, and it seems to be something that's uh, you know still a lot of productions over there too. Cool. cool. And where do you where do you see the future of uh, it all going? Uh, do you think it's uh, taking off over here? Or I hope so. You know, I think uh, with you know NPR bringing some of those programs over here, like I know My Word was on for a while, and um, you know they have things like Garrison Keillor and uh, and uh, some of those other panel games. I you know I hope it's it's going to be revived because uh, I think. Uh, it's a lot of talk, but which isn't bad. But I think you know some other things uh, on the. Uh, the drama slash entertainment side of the world uh, of of you know uh, things like that, where it's um, more just about sort of kicking back and, and listening to something that's more uh, like a story or or a game or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think it, it fills this large void, uh, you know, with stories, and I, that's what it all comes back to uh, as, as the right from the writing perspective. Um, the story <coughs> is more important, more than radio drama, more than film, more than books, but. Uh, I feel that you know what, what, what this audio does is fill this huge void in the American media system, yeah. um, and especially because we're you know enclosed in our cars and boxes and you know yeah. in this private world of the uh, telephone and I mean the headphones you know on our ears all the time, and uh, you know so it's, it's <coughs> definitely a d- different little niche. Um, so, uh, from an acting perspective, like w- what are some of the roles that you really get into? What uh, inspires you, and what makes it all worthwhile for you? Uh, um. 
Well, on the radio and and on theater. Uh, yeah, just it's just the, yeah, just about the art form in general. Um, well, I always like um, you know anything that's just well interesting. First of all, uh, I think I tend to gravitate towards sort of the colorful or maybe funny roles. Um, mm. You know, I think this is a more serious piece, but um, I think even there, you you sort of I don't know maybe intuitively knew that I, mm. I sort of like the sort of you know wild man <laughs> yeah, there yeah. Or, or the sort of snide boss or mm. whatever. So um, that's always fun. I always like to. Yeah. You know, hear other people laugh. But cool, cool. That's and uh, yeah, interesting. All right. So, uh, are you in anything right now? Um. Uh, no, not currently. But um, uh, I was I was happy to to do this, especially. You know, I think that again, I think a radio is just such a, an interesting medium, because um, you know, again, the, by virtue of what that you're not seeing. First mm -hmm. of all, I mean, I think the pictures are you know so much more. I mean, they're your own, so you have a, a very clear picture of what's going on, and it's, it fits everything that you want it to be because it's your own. Um, and it's so immediate, I think, with a thing like uh, uh, like maybe even a book. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's sort of, I, I, I read very, very slowly. So something like radio, just yeah. the whole world comes alive um, very quickly because instead of having to describe everything that's going on, it's just happening. It's just there. Cool. Yeah. Well, I uh, definitely look forward to working you, with you. I've got a couple uh, things up my sleeve oh, uh, this for 2007. Um, and uh, you know, still, still writing and, and and working, and you know, hopefully casting and getting that all out, and uh, then also on the air uh, here on Radio Drama Revival. Uh, and so, I guess we're going to wrap it up slightly uh, this afternoon. Um, one thing that I want you to all know: uh, next week, I'm going to be having uh, AMFM Theaters. Uh, the grist mill and there's the story i'll be playing is uh god of the razor by joseph r lansdale uh now sort of along the lines of trying to get new uh audio fiction audio drama radio drama whatever um uh, it is by uh joseph r. lansdale is a modern horror writer you can find his books in borders or you know anywhere um is a you know pretty uh well-known uh horror fixture among people fan fans of the genre and uh that piece was uh, adapted uh, by Jerry Stern's uh, Great Northern Audio out in, uh, I think, Wisconsin or somewhere in the Midwest, uh, if I got that wrong, and uh, produced by uh, Scott Hickey of um, uh, AMFM Theater, uh, only in Lowell, Mass. I met with him uh, a couple weekends ago and had a lot uh, of discussion to say about uh, radio drama uh, and the craft of all of this, and then uh, perspectives on the industry, where it's going, uh, what place it has. Uh, and the American uh, media system. So I think it'd be uh, really fun to talk to him, uh, to hear his piece. Uh, be a little scary for this part in the afternoon, but I'm sure you all can handle it. Um, it is, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, the, the, the genre stuff I'll, I, I enjoy, but also trying to get, um, you know, some, some, some versatility, some, you know, quote-unquote literature, you know, and, and then just something else to listen to, um, you know, to break up the day, break up your life, just to bring you somewhere else. Uh, for a few minutes. That's what we're trying to do here on Radio Drama Revival. So tune in again uh, next week, 1 o'clock, uh, here on WMPG 90.9 and 104.1 FM on your dial. And you can also go to RadioDramaRevival.com. I've got a blog and uh, probably we'll have a podcast of this uh, presentation up uh, back in swing. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, thanks for joining us in the studio today, Philip. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. All right. And thank you all for tuning in, and have a wonderful day, and keep your mind and your ears open. Eh.